I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to the Leeds Up podcast. I'm James and I'm with Rocco. Hello. So on October the 23rd, 1993, I actually went to my first ever Leeds game, which was versus Blackburn Rovers. A three-all draw. Rocco, you seem to be reciting the memory of that game quite well, which is... Which, you know, is, I remember is, it. I remember it clearly. Yeah, three, three, what, what, went 3-1 three, down and then McAllister ended up getting a... I think it might have been an own goal, but a funny goal. I sort of pulled it back from the touchline, from the byline, and yeah, screamed over the line and three all. And I, I, I rewatched. I could only find the highlights of Shearer's goal because he got three on that day. And I swear, on the last goal, the ball was moving on the free kick that was taken. <laughs> so, so I was really annoyed about that. But anyway, I went for my friend's birthday party, Matthew and his granddad and his dad took us. Well, sadly, in the last week, his granddad Bernard Evans passed away at the age of 91. And if it wasn't for Bernard, there is a very good chance I might not have been a Leeds fan all these years. And so this episode is for you and thanks for inadvertently creating a lifetime of memories for me. And now I guess the rest of my family who I go to games with. So yeah, this one's for you, Bernard. We're we're here recording after the Man United home game and we have just to timestamp this because we know things, well, things at the minute are moving absolutely rapidly and there was obviously the rumours of Alfred Schroeder, 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 coming into the club as manager and I think hopefully because of the backlash on on the social media yesterday, that hasn't happened. Phil Hay has ruled that out. So we'll come on to that in a bit. But yeah, after yesterday, Rocco, how are you feeling? Sting, really. I loved the game. I It was just like a proper scum game from the 90s and you know last season even last season was a bit of an anticlimax because like I don't know first half was so tough like I just I remember it like just being hard to get out of our own, our own half obviously we had that incredible minute and, and it got crazy in the second half till we lost in a similar manner but yeah last yesterday I thought thought we were absolutely brilliant and just ran out of steam and so it's just so deflating and I feel like it's a missed opportunity you know yeah, I'm really happy with how well we've played, but 
they were there for the taking. There's no doubt about it. And, and, you know, ultimately we weren't good enough to score and we weren't good enough to, to, you know, see it through for 90 minutes, which is disappointing. We started off really well. We nearly got an early goal again, didn't we? I think it was Somerville yeah. who, was, who was in at the start and half hit the ball at, at, at De Gea. But we, like you say, we were playing really well. And there's that, there's, it's funny because I always thought under Bielsa that I would never be able to watch a, or struggle to watch a team that doesn't have possession a lot. But we didn't have a lot of possession. But when we did, we were very, very attacking with it. And a lot of that came from this whole, the pragmatic approach of pressing high up the pitch, like Somerville was pressing when he needed to. I thought Bamford was doing a great job with the press as well, but it was none of this kind of frantic doing it all the time. It was very measured and, and it worked, you know, and it was great seeing Maguire just p- trying to ping balls out to the left and just messing up his passes a lot of the time as well. And I thought we did really well and credit to Skibala again for setting us up in a, in a good way. And, yeah, it's just a shame. I feel like you felt, felt like it was a missed opportunity. And Ma- the Man United thing is, they I mean, they've, they've crept up on everyone really to be at the top of the table from what was a weak start of the season. And I think they were there for the taking. I think they also kind of play a bit of a dangerous game that's that's worked in the last two games, but where they're happy to sort of not really go full out on a team and just sort of sit there and have the moments, let let us have our moments and then kill us off in like the last 20 minutes but against stronger teams that that probably won't work for them yeah i don't know if it's just the way we played or or what really i, I never i never watch them play so i wouldn't really know but yeah i, I totally agree I, I loved i loved the way they set the team up and the way the press I feel like i always feel like a right nerd talking about <laughs> fantastic pressing but it it, it was it was it, you know it worked to perfection you know we we just let them be like Reading, remember all those those few years ago when Reading came and just passed it around the back forever. It was it was a bit like that, but then we'd just sort of, yes, at some point just go at them and, and force a mistake out of them. It was yeah, it was excellent. I just yeah, I just wish we'd have got if we'd have got that first goal, I really think we'd have held on. I, I absolutely think we'd have won. Yeah, just disappointing. You said you don't watch Man United every week. That's not to say I watch Man United every week, but I've watched them twice in the last week. And, and, and it's, it's what I mean by it as well is that the fact that they switched Rashford in like out wide, just kind of like just out there sort of coasting to them being in the middle where he's, he's so clinical, like it's horrible to watch because he's so clinical, but yeah, it's, it wasn't meant to be, but I'm still proud of them. I thought they did a, a really good job and I thought McKenney his, his uh, hard, hard nosed tackling was absolutely phenomenal. And did Tyler Adams lose some teeth? It was a lot of blood. Yeah, I, I heard that, and uh, I didn't know. I heard it on was it on Phil's show, or maybe even Square Ball on the on the on the uh, what it's called the match both. I, I don't know. One of them was mentioning it. I, yeah, and apparently it could have been a red card, but you know, I saw some people moaning on Twitter about it. But I've not seen the replay. I don't know. Bless him. That's not nice for him, is it? American smile ruined. I know. Well, he'll soon be back there, won't it? And they have good dentists. I'm sure they he'll fly home to a good dentist. We don't have good dentists in Britain, do we? That's what they mock us for. I like how he was sort of on the ground in agony. Don't like that bit, obviously. But I like how quickly he got up to get in the ref's face to sort of say, look how much blood there is. Yeah, bless him. And uh, yeah, we were, I mean, we'll just keep saying it. We were unlucky, but is there anything else we could have done? Is there any changes that could have happened? Is there different players we could have had? We're obviously missing Estera yesterday. 
Yeah. I mean, just the substitutions, they obviously changed the game. I think ours and Man U's as well, they were definitely better when that midget came on in defence. They, they just seemed to far more balanced. They had a bit more quality on the ball. Taking Bamford off and, and taking Harrison off, for me, it just killed us. It, it, we just weren't the same team then. And I don't know if they were... I don't know if they were tired or they had to come off, maybe because of Bamford's injury, they're nursing him. But Aronson, you know, he's he's struggling and and Rutter was really poor, I thought. They just don't look up to scratch like like Harrison and Bamford. And it just shows what experience does for you. You know, Bamford and Harrison coming for a lot of criticism. You know, they're not they're not the best players even in our squad, but they look top class compared to compared to compared to substitutes that came on and that was a big problem. There is that thing, isn't there, of watching a player and thinking we're missing something here that is an opportunity. So as an example of that is Bamford was taken out because Skubala said himself that he felt that Ruta could get in behind the defence because he was, you know, with his pace and because he's probably fitter, he's not been running around for 70 minutes. So, but then immediately with that, you lose all the things that Patrick's so good at, which is the pressing and the running round and keeping us in like a, as a solid unit from doing that, that job. And same with Harrison, you can, you think we need someone who can kind of probably turn around quicker, pass the ball, which Harrison hasn't been doing. Like he's, his first touch was great, but beyond that, he's, he, he, he hasn't been good the last couple of games, but you've then lost all of his pressing and all of his hard work because Aronson doesn't do it as effectively as Harrison. So it's, it's really tricky. I think. Weirdly, we lost it in attack that game. It wasn't. Yeah. It, it wasn't through defensive errors. Speaking yeah. of which, Wobrad had a, a one-off was, moment, didn't he? He doesn't. He doesn't make mistakes that often, but he did. He was a bit of a clanger there. Yeah, it was, and it was like so obvious as well that it was going to happen. The pass just wasn't on. Yeah, I don't know what's happened there. Great save by Melio. Yeah, I, was, I thought it was a certain goal, so that was. Yeah, that was, that was brilliant. He's, he's just so good at standing up to, to those sorts of situations. And if you look as well, Fernandez actually, he didn't shimmy, but he took an extra touch that I don't think many people were expecting him to take, probably thinking that Melier would have committed himself, but he didn't. He's, yeah, he's an absolute expert. So, yeah, well, we got a bit lucky there, but uh, he's definitely earned it. Iceman. He is cool, isn't yeah, he? he yeah. is. And, yeah, so... They made the changes, last 20 minutes weren't great and there was all a lot of talk of the chance both Munich and Galatasaray or Istanbul and he's, yeah, it's not nice. Rocco, you even went, you were with work recently in Turkey, weren't you? And you, and you went to the square. How, yeah. how did it make you feel to hear all that? Oh, I absolutely hate it. I hate it. I think Leeds fans singing Munich in, in the ground is disrespecting the memories of Chris and Kev, no doubt about it, because you're you're enticing those chants. Yeah, I think it, I think it's disgraceful, and you know I know that people are just you know they're doing it because they just want to rile each other up, and it's part of football, and and that's you know that, that's all part of the tribalism. It's going too far because it it hurts so much, and you know I get so upset when I hear those fans coming from you know those songs coming from Millwall fans or whoever it is singing them. You know, it it absolutely infuriates me. So, you know, if you're willing to to sing those songs that entice that, you know, it obviously means nothing to you. So, yeah, they, I don't know. It'll, it'll never stop. And, you know, you sound like you're preaching and you're on a high horse and all that. But, yeah, I just don't want to, don't want to hear fucking bull songs. It's, it's disgusting. So, yeah, 
you just need to clean, clean up your act, everyone. No, I completely agree. I think a lot of it is people that have not lived through it. Like I was in the stands, uh, you know, the game after that, the Arsenal home game after Istanbul, and it was just horrendous, absolutely horrendous. You know, I was like 14, 15 years old and there's grown men around you crying. It was absolutely awful. And I think you're right to say that, you know, it, it does just provoke other people to sing, sing back at you if you're singing it. That's not to say it's a, who started it? It's it, you just don't do it. We don't need to. We're better. We're better and bigger than bigger than that. Yeah, and I did think they actually did start. To be honest, but yeah, needless to say, I guess. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yep, so that was all depressing. The result was depressing. But then I think on reflection, if you're going to be positive about these things, because we have to be, is that did we think we'd get a point from from these games, you know, beforehand, knowing that we were sacking our manager and we'd have an interim caretaker manager who was a futsal, who was a futsal coach? That is harsh. So yeah, I think a point is probably good. I think the real challenge at the minute is keeping the mood of the fans, keeping positivity, because it's you can just tell it's on the precipice of being very, very toxic. The whole Schroeder, Schroeder <laughs> point, the whole the whole Schroeder conversation, you know amplifies that you know people were so vocal about it because it's it's not what they want and it's so important the club get get it right yeah i mean i mean i'm still livid i know they're not going to appoint him now but for them to even entertain another manager who's basically a replica of jesse marsh you know had and, and worse you know has had one good season in a very weak league with the top club and then he's failed and he's failed at his one big job is I think he lasted four matches at FC20. It's just outrageous that they can even consider a manager that's that's just come off of failure. And I know managers that are out of work, you know, have failed at some point, but but it's the fact that his career has mirrored Marsh's so much and we're going to get another guy who, you know, the, the players at the, at the previous club, you know, that he'd lost them, you know, they, they didn't rate him. There's so many red, red flags. And the thing that annoys me as well is Kinnear put in his program notes about the importance of getting a prompt appointment. Well, no, not at all. The, the, the importance is getting the right appointment. Prompt means nothing if you get the wrong one. Like, I mean, I know where he's coming from. He wants to quickly get the right appointment. It probably goes without saying, but I don't know. It, it, it sets the tone of panic already. And I just feel like the board are doing a great job of getting us relegated really you know the, I can see why they waited so long with Marsh you, you can understand it it's annoying that Perkins got that equaliser at Cardiff because I think he would have been gone if we'd have uh, if we'd have come if we'd have lost that game 
and then would have probably had a better choice of managers and what missed out on getting Warnock now. He's just gone to Huddersfield. So another option down. Yeah. But uh, I think, I don't know. I'd, I'd quite like Nuno Espirito Santo. I think, I think he did very well at Wolves. I know his, his reputation's a bit tarnished, but I think he, he could come in and, you know, he's got experience. Players would respect him. He's a, he's a good guy. I think, I think he's the op- obvious option for me rather than going for some unknown guy that's failed here and had a bit of success there. It's a tough game, you know, it, it's not easy, but yeah, we're <laughs> making it as hard as possible for ourselves. We had a bit of a rant on messages about this, didn't we? And more so about just the general, when things are, when things are okay, you don't really shine a light on these. You sort of laugh them off, don't you? But then on reflection, when you look back at things and you look back at, you know, some of the kit colors and things like that, you start to think, well, you know, like why it's, it's not part of our identity. And I think like you said, you, you know, it's not part of our identity. And I think that's so right. And I'm starting to think now more and more that we need a enterprise, the 49ers to come in and, and start to, to run, run this properly because it feels like it's, it feels a bit like the wild west, the wild west Yorkshire, doesn't it? It's like things are just from the hip all the time. It doesn't seem like there's any sort of plan and, you know, and it's all very nice, you know, his kit, his kid designing the kit and stuff. And, you know, that's nice sentiment there. But it do, like it, do, it literally doesn't mean anything to it, the fans. And there's an element of you know a big company coming in or a, you know an enterprise coming in, and it all of a sudden feeling very corporate, and you're having like brand managers and stuff. But it's like, so what? Well, maybe we need brand managers because we need someone inside the club to understand exactly what the fans see and think of our club, and mutate that into our kit designs, everything that's in the in the stadiums themselves, and it feel like one unit, it seem, it, we seem to have just lost that. And it, it feels like it's been over the last 18 months and towards the end of Bielsa. And, you know, Bielsa probably masked over a lot of these things that we've just let let go over the years. Yeah, couldn't agree more. It does feel like they've just completely lost focus. So, you know, the, the first few years of Radvizani, he was, you know, massive on fan engagement and did loads of great things that, you know, like off the pitch, he did, he did lots of great stuff. You know, he sorted out the ground and just all these little initiatives here and there. And he just, you know, he, he was doing things right. And it just seems like no one really cares anymore. You know, I think that's probably just send them a load of stuff and they're like, yeah, that's fine. You know, you know, how could no one notice that that training kit, not like they've got the Wolves one now, but the previous one with the, with the blue and the, you know, the, the, red color, you know, they look just like the Man United away kit of a couple of years ago or one year ago, probably like, no one wants that. You know, like, why isn't there somebody that has some, like the finger on the pulse and, you know, knows what the fans want and, you know, makes us feel, you know, like, like they're in it with us and we're all in it together and, you know, we're all happy and enjoying it and, and pushing forward because it, it just feels like no one really cares anymore. And even, even with the manager search now, you know, they would have been happy to appoint this guy, you know, Orta's just like, all oh, right, yeah, he'll do, you know, is Orta just going to go at the end of the season and he's not really bothered? I just don't know. That might be incredibly harsh, but it just feels ridiculous. And I'm even annoyed that they've sort of changed their mind because of the fans now, because, you know, if, if this really was the guy they wanted and, you know, they were going to appoint him, like it, it sort of shows that they, they didn't really, you know, they are just sort of landing on that guy. I mean, 
I think I've even seen a report that they said that he was not actually close to getting the job. I mean, how are we supposed to buy that? <laughs> it just sounds ludicrous when he was in the ground and in the team hotel. Oh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just feeling so negative about it at the moment. I think, yeah, I'm at the point where everything they do is probably wrong. But, you know, I think it's with reason with the way things have gone. It's, it's been shambolic. Again, the whole Radrazani on Twitter and, you know, when you don't expect your president to be replying to certain things like the half and half scarf. Yeah, it's, it's funny, but equally, you just, you don't, you just don't need it. It's not what you, you what you want is someone guiding this with a clear direction, a clear plan, very clear professional communications. And yeah, sometimes that is quite dry and the fans don't like it. But to be honest, I'd rather have that than, than what's going on at the minute. It, like you say, it just, it just, feels a bit like a breakdown. I don't know what's going on there, but it feels like something is happening. Yeah. And that's the other, the thing that worries me most of all, on top of all of this, is that we're ticking so many boxes of a relegation club. Like this is what happens to teams that get relegated. Yeah, they're in, you know, just in a bit of a mess at the top and it all trickles down to, to the bottom. But if we can get the right appointment, I think we said it last week, you know, if, if we can get the right appointment and, and it, Maybe it's not possible now. You know, maybe they are, you know, maybe we're just in a position where we have no choice but to get someone short term. You know, I was really hoping we could get someone that would be in charge, you know, next season and beyond and that all the fans will be happy with and, and get behind. And yeah, maybe that's not possible now. But yeah, if, if we can get, get a, a decent manager in with a decent record that people can get behind, I think that's, that's the most important thing right now. And then hopefully, God willing, we can beat Everton and, and everything will feel better. When, when they got rid of Bielsa, when they sacked him, they, they, they started that journey of, you know, it being them, it not being one again, and it being the fans versus the board in a sense. And I wonder if that's partly on their mind. Well, it is on their mind, you know, they, they will have taken the, the sentiment of people feeding back on Schroeder. And I just wonder whether they would opt for someone like Skibala because the reason being is that everyone feels quite positive about him, you know, because he's been inside the club for some time now. He's trying to evolve the tactics that the team have learned to just play a bit more pragmatic. And I think people are more forgiving. If someone comes in and we start or we continue losing games, it just becomes more and more toxic and the pressure piles on. Whereas actually is Gabala. It sounds ridiculous saying out loud because we're talking about, you know, giving under 21s coach who, like I say, coach futsal, the a Premier League manager's job for the next few months. But it feels like it's almost a safer bet, weirdly. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And, and that's, that's the other point about why I, I don't understand Kinnear's notes about how important the promptness of the appointment is. You know, when, when Skubala, you know, everyone's, everyone's been really pleased with him and you know, he's not going to annoy anybody, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. You know, it's okay for now. It might change, might lose 4-0 to Everton and, and everyone hates him and thinks, you know, we need a manager right now. But at the moment, you know, there shouldn't really be a rough. I don't see what the rough is exactly, you know, at, at least to lead you to a point where you're appointing a guy that's a failure. You know, I, I, yeah, I don't get that. I don't get it at all. Also, the candidates, again, you know, we're, we're supposed to, I mean, the whole point of having a director of football is so that you sort of can move from one manager to another without having to rip everything up. But, you know, 
this is this I don't I don't really know if the style of, of these managers that are on the shortlist, whether you know, Nuno seems quite different to Areola, for example. And you know, I d I don't know. It's it's just not joined up at the moment, is it? It's all it's all a bit of a mess and, and we need, yeah, we we need someone to come in and, and just tidy it all up. And I, j- I just wish the 49ers, you know, if they'd have come in in January, I think that would have helped things immeasurably, really. And, and everyone could have felt like we're moving forward again because, yeah, from the top all the way down now, we're just we're just in, in a state of limbo, even to the point where our captain Ailing, you know, our best player at the moment, his contract's coming up to an end in four months. You know, that sort of says it all, you know, that the whole club is just in a really bad way at the moment. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And on that point about Aileen, do give him another contract. It's ridiculous. And it's so, it's so obvious that he, you know, obviously I can't, we can't speak for him, but it's so obvious that he's got like a new lease of life in this team. He's, he's taken a few games to come back fully sharp after injury and here he is. And he's, he's just been amazing. And yeah, just, just sign him up. Stop being down. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, but I think as well on the whole Nuno thing, that's the tricky thing as well is getting someone else to come in and if their tactics and style is a complete deviation from what we have at the minute, there's a huge risk there. A bit like Marsh coming in last season when it was, you you went from this ultra wide, ultra high up the pitch team to just being short and narrow basically. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing, you know, I'm I'm calling for Nuno, but I'm completely, yeah, 100% aware that that could go wrong. You know, I, I you know, I, d- I don't know, I don't know what's best, but yeah, we just, yeah, we're in this position now, aren't we? I, do you know what, coming back to Ailing as well, it makes me think, you know, if we'd have had Click to come on instead of Aronson on, on Sunday, you know, what difference could that have made? You know, we've just got rid of a guy with all that experience and know-how, you know, when we're in the midst of a relegation battle just absolutely ridiculous i can <laughs> i don't understand this decision at all like he's he's the type of per- even Marsh said he's the type of person we wanted to to have around anyway god i'm now got onto moaning about a month ago i was quite pleased i was quite positive actually before <laughs> we've always started talking about all this we did play well yesterday like we we need to hang on to that do you think click left because of Marsh? yes do you <laughs> yeah i do definitely definitely if you're not getting if you're not getting the game time and I think Marsh even made some comments around, you know, getting in it probably getting enough time to get in the Poland team as well for the World Cup and that didn't happen. So yeah, I don't I don't blame him for moving on. And we, we've talked about this before and I thought some more well, I thought some would have a player would have posted on social by now about Jesse Marsh, but no one else. 
Like no one else. What what does that mean? Yeah, I think silence speaks volumes there, doesn't it? And Cooper's program notes as well. He literally one sentence just saying that Marsh lost his job and the players must take some responsibility. I mean, that was a that is a clear, clear dig. So yeah, you know, everyone goes on about what a nice guy Jesse is, but uh, I don't know. The the players don't seem to think so because they wouldn't have they wouldn't have just ignored him like this. And and also the fact that he's not come out and said anything, which is a bit strange. Yeah. Especially for him, knowing him. <laughs> yes, he's probably talking to someone's ear somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Furpo played well, didn't he? That's a very good point, actually. I thought Furpo was very good. That yellow card, though, you're like, I know it wasn't, it, it, it seemed a bit harsh, the yellow card, because there wasn't one for a Man United player for some time after it, which was, which, you know, they had worse challenges, but I did then think, oh, bloody hell, Furpo. But he was, he was really good. Yeah. That marauding run across, diagonally across the pitch, it was brilliant. And then even played the perfect pass as well in, inside the fullback. Yeah, did well. Pleased for him. He's had a good lad, isn't he? Hope he, hope he can keep it up. Yeah, he is. He gets some ironic chants, but the ironic chants are turning into actually we look like all again jumping back into the game as well. There's a few moments that now I'm feeling a bit more positive. I can smile. I can smile, but Aileen's overhead kick as well. Uh, that would have been unbelievable, wouldn't it? If that had nestled in, I was I hoping what... maybe like Fred would have just diverted it in or something, and they could have still claimed it. I was hoping it had gone in but then I was thinking also that'd be me retired I'd just like never go back to the road I would have like peaked <laughs> yeah cool anything else to cover man of the match Ma- man of the match give it ailing again definitely another another superb performance captain fantastic yeah it's, I can't think of anyone other than him really I thought I thought McKenney was good I thought Adams was good as well maybe we're taking Adams for granted a bit yeah maybe but yeah, I'm going to go with Aylin. I thought he was exceptional. And like you said about Harrison and Bamford, you know, they, they had the experience and you took that experience off the pitch. And that's exactly the same as what happened with Aylin at the start of the season. And Chris Denton, you know, it's like you need, you need someone with an understanding, a strong understanding of the Premier League. And yeah, they might have areas of weakness, but overall they can read it and understand it. So Everton. Yeah, Everton. So we have got Sean Dyche's Everton coming up this weekend, a few days from now. And yeah, I'm not feeling great about it, to be honest. They've got the Merseyside derby tonight, I think, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, I'll watch that, see how that goes down. Liverpool haven't been great, so it wouldn't surprise me if they got something from that. And if they do, then they come into a game with Leeds in a pretty buoyant mood, unfortunately. Yeah, it's... I think it's a good game for them to have before playing us because, you know, they'll they'll put absolutely everything into into this game tonight. So, you know, maybe they come come up against us and maybe a bit like us, you know, obviously we've come off the two Man U games, you know, they've put in a huge effort and, and you know, got, you know, that miracle victory over Arsenal. And then they've got um, is it is Anfield, isn't it? Yeah, it is tonight. So maybe they'll they'll struggle to to reproduce, you know, the, the best against us. And we're due a win. I know we won't be on closed doors, but we've not won since that first game back in the top flight, back in 1990, 1990. Yeah, we always seem to lose there. So we can do it. We can definitely do it. And we, we have to do it. We won there with Rafinha's goal, didn't we? Yeah. Let's get back up. Don't count. Just a TV programme, wasn't it? It was, it was just a TV programme. You're right. But yeah, no, I, I think it's hard to know, isn't it? Because Dyche had the game against Arsenal, which 
worked out really well. But did Arsenal just have an off day or were Everton really good? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know whether, you know, whether, yeah, what his, what his tactics will be against us, whether they'll just try and sort of be the ones that sit back and, and hit us on the counter or, or, what, or what they'll do. And I don't even know what's best for us now. It's, it's a bit of a, bit of a mystery game, really. I, I don't know how it's going to go. We just need to get the better of it. That's probably also a good thing that they're playing Liverpool tonight, just so we get a chance to see more of them and Skibala gets a chance to weigh them up as well. Although they'll probably set up and play differently against us, I think it just gives us a chance to try and figure it, figure them out because there hasn't been much game time of, of Dice ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's too early to say that, you know, it's us or them with Bournemouth and Southampton. Yeah, there's plenty of teams that can get dragged into it. You know, Forest, absolutely. Even Palace, you know, 17 games to go still. Is there 16, 17 games? So it's loads and loads of time, but it's just going to get desperate for us. You know, we, we, yeah, just, just desperate to get some, just that winning feeling just absolutely can transform the feeling in the club. And I think as, as much as the Man U games have, have been excellent, you, you need the points. It's, it's getting ridiculous now. Yeah, you do just need the points and a win would be massive for us. And I think, like you say, we just need the feeling back of a win. The players need it. We need it. Yeah. Let's see if, well, let's hope we can get something at Everton at the weekend. 